It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Now Kane, right face off the shoots and scores. Vander Kane powers home his second goal tonight. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, left circle, cross ice, one timer, score. This game is tied. Leon Dreisaitl. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers. The heavy hitters of injury law. Brendan Escott sitting in for Reed Wilkins this evening. Welcome to Inside Sports. A pleasure having you along for what promises to be an exciting couple of hours. What I cannot promise you is a canned ham giveaway. That I was not afforded the opportunity to do. Instead, we'll get you up to date on the Edmonton Elks Week 4 matchup. They head out to Hamilton. They're playing on Canada Day in the donut box. They call Tim Hortons Field. How apropos. Uh, that game, a 5.30 kickoff on Friday. We've got the countdown show following the 4 o'clock news on 6.30. Ched, some thoughts from linebacker Adam Konar. I'll get you all the latest from Elks practice today as well. You'll hear from Louis Butko. He's the Tiger Cats digital host. We'll tell you about the other 0-3 team involved in that matchup on Friday. Big news in the NHL today. Uh, maybe one of the bigger free agent names now off the market as Minnesota Wild forward Kevin Fiala. He's on his way to the West Coast. A big trade sending him to Los Angeles and uh, he signed immediately a seven-year deal worth nearly eight million dollars a season. The, the uh, Not the Finn. Fiala is a Swiss-born player, former first rounder, and he just got paid. We'll also hear from uh, Luke Prokop, the CHL's humanitarian of the year year his Edmonton Oil Kings bounced from the Memorial Cup which the final of by the way is going on right now we'll get you in touch with that but Luke was on with uh, Bob Stoffer earlier today on Oilers now so at 705 we'll revisit that conversation about his humanitarian uh, of the year award and about what the next steps are for him and his hockey career as the first openly gay player on an NHL contract that could well make that jump up to the American League next year Edmonton Stiggers have a candidate Day game coming up. We'll get uh, thoughts from their president, Reed Clark, at 7.35 as well. Did something significant happen on this day, Oilers fans? Say five, six years ago? Something that may have started to alter the direction of the franchise at the time, or at least maybe, maybe pop the U-turn from where some fans thought it was headed and set things back. Yes, it was on this day in 2016 that Taylor Hall was traded for Adam Larson and the deal was one for one. 
What are your memories of that deal? Let me know. That should be a fun path to venture down. Where were you when, when the thing buzzed your phone, when you got the push notification? If it's, you know, radio friendly enough, it might not be. Let me know what you thought. What was your first thought? Because <laughs> uh, I imagine it was pretty humorous. And then as we delve into the longevity of Adam Larson as an oiler and, and maybe less so of Taylor Hall as a New Jersey Devil, I, who won that trade? Because I think you, you could make the case one way or the other. And I'd love to hear what you have to say on that front. 780-496-0063. What better day to do that? Uh, no real Oilers news to tell you about today. It's, it's, uh, it's a silent time. I believe there's some scouting meetings going on right now in BC, which is where some of the Oilers front office staff resides. But uh, everybody gets to exhale after the season. So a little bit of that, a little bit of uh, planning what this offseason will look like. The draft is coming up on the 7th and 8th. The Oilers picking deep in the uh, the end of the first round, and then they don't pick for a while. So it's possible that we see Ken Holland maybe move back out of the late first round and try and recoup a couple mid-round picks. That's been discussed. Uh, We'll, we'll see where that goes. I mean, there's a lot of uh, different machinations of this Oilers offseason as to how the cap space is going to get freed up to improve the team and uh, and all that sort of thing. But let's start with football. We're going to connect here with Louis Butko in about ten, five or so minutes. And it was at practice today at Elks practice where I had the opportunity to talk to Adam Konar, who has been one of very few mainstays in the early season for the Elks on defense. Defense. Be it for injury or performance, there's been a, a revolving door on the defensive line in the backfield. I don't think Chris Jones has really had the defensive secondary yet that he would have wanted, certainly um, with the guys that he brought in, and then the performances of the guys who have had to be on the field. Adam Konar, however, he's been there. He's leading the team with 14 tackles. He will, in all likelihood, slide back into the middle now that Dion Lacey is on the uh, one-game injured list. Konar... Uh, one-on-one uh, -on -one earlier today talking about this week four matchup against Hamilton. All right, Adam, first game out east of the season. Maybe just recap through the first three weeks how you feel the defense has sort of grown from that uh, opening week blowout to narrowing that margin of defeat to just seven last week. Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, definitely uh, continuously improving every week, right? Um, but we still got a long ways to go. I mean, None of us are happy with where we're at right now. Uh, we all obviously want to first start winning games, and that starts in our minds on defense. So we have to we have to be a lot better this week than we were last week and the week before that. Uh, you've been maybe the one constant in the linebacking core, and we see that Dion is is out for this week. So I'm not sure whether you're going to slide back into the middle or not. How much of a difference does it make to you playing the weak side or the middle? Uh, it doesn't make too much of a difference. I mean. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm, uh, if I'm out on the field um, and able to help the team in any way, it doesn't really matter whether I'm playing Mike or Will. Uh, you know, I'm, just, I'm, I'm out there trying to, to help the other guys uh, and direct the defense a little bit, uh, so it, it doesn't really affect it, whichever position I'm at. With such a revolving door really all over the defense and the offense too, just how has it been, maybe with communication or, or that sort of thing, and trying to have that unit gelled on the back end as much as possible? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely just about over-communicating and stuff like that, just uh, trying to be on the same page as everyone else. Um, you know, with uh, a few moving pieces here and there, obviously,
obviously it, it makes you have to do even more with each other just communicate more every play and uh, every snap and outside of the outside the field as well uh, it, it's just about coming together as a group and uh, over communicating and stuff like that you talk about playing for the defensive mind that is Chris Jones this is your first experience playing for him right uh, well I was with him in 2015 okay. first year right with first the, year the yeah, so yeah. you know he's back here this is obviously your second stint in Edmonton too mm -hmm. what do you know about his I guess you know trends as a coach and how have you been able to sort of uh, implement that or is it benefiting you I guess having that experience then for sure yeah I think it's a, a bit of a benefit but I mean um, Jones is a you know he's a good guy for anyone to play for um, he just wants players to go out and play hard you know he doesn't he doesn't really care as much if you make mistakes as long as you're you're busting yourself out there you're giving everything you got and like uh, in my mind that's uh, that's all that matters on defense is just really wanting to be out there and wanting to make plays, wanting to go as hard as you can every single play. So I, I, I like his philosophy um, and everything about it. I think it, it will keep on growing with us as a defense as well. How much are you guys talking about being the only team in the, uh, in the West Division right now without a win and sort of the urgency starting to kick in there early in this season? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's always urgency no matter what, uh, no matter what your record is. Uh, obviously, being 0-3, there's a little more urgency, but we know we have to get a win. We have to get in the win column. Uh, same as Hamilton as well, right? Um, so it's kind of, um, it's a similar mindset coming from both teams, but we know what we have to do. And uh, as far as uh, myself and the defense, that's taking care of our side of the ball. They've got some pretty speedy wide receivers. And, of course, Dane Evans, a problem, a quarterback for anybody who faces him. Talk about some of the challenges you guys are expecting here in week four. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Dane Evans, he, he's a, been a solid quarterback for, for years. Um, and their receiving core, obviously, where we respect all of those players. Uh, they're all quick, quick receivers, know how to move, know how to make plays with the ball. So it's about... Like I said before about communicating on defense, making sure we're all on the same page and coverage and everything like that and uh, translating that over to the game. There you go. A little bit there from Vancouver, B.C. product Adam Konar. 6.15 in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott sitting in on Inside. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline sports and when we come back we'll talk about this week four matchup between Edmonton and the Hamilton Tiger Cats with Tiger Cats digital host Louis Butko <laughs> Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. That's right, even when there's no Reed Wilkins to be found, there sure is some Def Leppard. There's a couple things that'll always be constants on Inside Sports. Lep is one of them. 618 and oh, pardon me 619 now in Edmonton looking up at the Memorial Cup scoreboard it, you never know how it's gonna go when the host team gets bounced early in their respective playoffs and that was the case for St. John they uh they were bounced in the first round in the QMJHL playoffs 
And then they fired their coach, and they brought in Gardner McDougal, who for the longest time was the head coach of the men's program at the University of New Brunswick. So he steps in essentially on an interim basis, and this team underneath his tutelage right now is doubling down on the Hamilton Bulldogs in the final. They have made it all the way to the final. They're playing in front of a sold-out uh, TD station, I believe is what they call it there in St. John. And uh, if you're a 19 year-old kid playing on the St. John Sea Dogs right now this could be the moment of your life this could be it there's only a couple of them that are going to make the show out of this and it's just pretty special to think about this moment that's going on why am I waxing poetic about the Memorial Cup? It's because, of course, we have the Elks playing the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and we have the Hamilton Bulldogs in the final. And I knew Louis Butko is—he uh, was catching the game, so we're, we're working on—we're uh, working on negotiating contact with Louis here. But um, I mean, hey, what, the, the storyline going into that is that Edmonton—they're <laughs> the only winless team in the West. Hamilton's a team, and, and they were they were expected to, to have a bit of a hard year here, okay? So we've got a rebuilding Edmonton team, and then you've got a Hamilton team who is expected to be in the Grey Cup, and they're off to an 0-3 start with Dane Evans at quarterback who leads the CFL in passing yards but is tied with Nick Ardbuckle for the league lead in interceptions as well. So... I wonder about the balance in that Hamilton offense. And I wonder if now's the good time to ask. We've got our man. We've got Louis Butko here, digital host of the Tiger Cats. Louis, thanks for hopping on Inside Sports here, man. How's it going? It's going well. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Uh, I, I apologize for taking you away from the hockey game right now. Are you, you doing okay? They've still got some time uh, left on the board. <laughs> there's still lots of time left. I got uh, four TVs watching it, so I'm uh, I, I can I can focus my attention on this. But uh, <laughs> it's a great team so far. It's been a great tournament, and uh, you know those uh, Oil Kings fought hard, and we're a great team. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun to watch. And uh, go Bulldogs! Yeah, this is the first time in the final for Hamilton too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I was in Regina when they lost in the semifinal a few years ago, so this is a special team, and uh, obviously people in Edmonton familiar with Steve Steos, and uh, he's done a real good job of uh, building a contender every year here in Hamilton, and, uh, you know, even if they don't win this one, but there's still lots of time left, but even if they don't, uh, I'm sure they'll be uh, they'll be right back here in a few years. Yeah, if not the uh, the NHL team starting to ring Steos' phone, we shall see. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, Louie, let's talk football. We've got an excellent matchup on top. I know it's between two 0-3 teams this Canada Day Friday, but uh, regardless of that, there'll be two desperate squads. And and when I look at the stats, it's it's super interesting. You heard me there as I was bringing you in say uh, Dane Evans is leading the league in passing yards. That's that's a positive. Uh, Sean Thomas Erlington leading the team with 47 rushing yards. Not so much a positive. And I'm wondering if the high interception count for Dane Evans as a result of him having to force the ball a little bit because they don't uh, have all that much of a run game going right now. What do you think about that assessment? I mean, you mentioned the run game. Uh, Sean Thomas Shillington had six carries. I think the Ticats only had seven designed running plays uh, last week and I think it starts with that offensive line and uh, they made a big move they went out and got uh, Colin Kelly um, Elks fans are very familiar with uh, but 
they got Colin Kelly, they're going to flip him and they're going to have him in a different spot at that left tackle spot. And uh, he's been a character already. And, uh, you know, if you don't trust that offensive line, uh, there's not much you can do. Uh, it was a tough break to see Brandon Revenberg go down before the game with uh, with an illness. So he was unavailable. So that forced the Ticats to really um, go deep into their bench on that O-line. And, uh, you know, I think I think I would not be surprised if we see a more balanced uh, passing or offense from the Ticats, uh, whether that's uh, getting Sean Thomas Erlington more involved, whether it's uh, getting one of the Americans. We saw Coulter Woodmansey activated off the six-game injured list this week. We'll, we'll wait to see his status for Friday, but that's a Canadian you can put on the offensive line, and that'll do a whole lot for the ratio uh, for the Ticats. So uh, I think, you know, they've had a lot of bad breaks, and you mentioned the interceptions. Uh, there's probably three legitimate interceptions that Dane Evans would probably want back, and Another three that his receivers probably should have had for him, or you know, in the Thomas Erlington case, uh, Sean Thomas Erlington case, that was the one that ended the game against Calgary a few weeks ago. So, you know, I, I think there's a there's patience is starting to run thin, especially with fans <laughs> with an 0-3 start. But uh, I think this is a group that you know, Coach O trust Tommy Condell completely. They go way back. Um, and I, like you mentioned, the coaching battle, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Chris Jones' defense and O, o knows Chris Jones and, and how the Ticats try to play a little bit of chess with uh, with Chris Jones and his defense because you never really know what to expect. Yeah, and there's been so many moving pieces on, well, Chris Jones' defense is always going to be a bit of a, a roll of the dice, and this year it just seems like they can't find any continuity, whether they'd like to or not. Um, talk to me about the first couple of weeks because Hamilton was was right in that week one game with Saskatchewan, a, a battle in the trenches before uh, Cody Fajardo ended up with 300 air yards. And then uh, against Calgary, they allowed that giant comeback. I'm sure you could dig into that a little bit too. Yeah, I mean, that, that second half uh, against Calgary at home, I mean, there's, there's really it's really tough to try and get to the root cause of, of what happened. You know, you, you wonder if the Ticats were, were playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win. And uh, yeah, I, I think if you talk to the Ticats and I have the last few weeks, they're, they're happy that they're steadily improving. They look at where they were in week one and, you know, they didn't get the touchdowns they wanted to, and it wasn't the result they wanted to in Winnipeg last week. But I think if you, if you talk to them, they're, they're happy that they're progressing and this is a big test for them. This is, you know, you've been saying all the right things, so the results don't aren't, you know, speaking for themselves uh, in a positive way. They're they're zero and three, like you said. Um, and I, I think they're they're looking at it one game at a time. They're looking at it one quarter at a time. And and you mentioned it that first game, uh, they were right in it with Saskatchewan. Uh, they were hanging around there. And uh, same thing with Calgary, same thing with Winnipeg. They feel like they're in every game. They're not getting blown out of the water. And they feel like they're having a, a good run right now. So uh, signs are pointing to them, uh, you know, hopefully turning it around on Friday against the Elks. Excellent stuff, Louis. Uh, appreciate you hopping on here. Louis Butko is the digital host of uh, Ticats content. Louis, enjoy the game Friday. Thank you. You too. This is Inside Sports coming up after a global news weather traffic update. We'll get to some of your texts, 780-496-0063. You want to talk Elks? We can do that. You want to talk about the uh, <clears throat> haul for Larson one for one? We can do that too. We'll also hear from Dennis Bernstein from Sirius XM in the fourth period. Brendan Escout with you tonight. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.